Mic check, mic check. One, two, one, two. Sibilance, mic check. Wow. Mic check. It's an authoritative voice of yours. Yeah, I have to because it's entirely too deep. And so I have to yell all the... No, I'm just kidding. That was the first, <clears throat> the first joke I plan on making is the only thing I was hesitant about was having my little high-pitched <laughs> whiny voice on next to the voice of, of God over here. Shut up. <laughs> happening uh 68 years later i now welcome you to the official inspired to inspire podcast uh eye to eye for short and i'm just excited because there's a lot of new new things happening um in this world uh here at the inspired one uh first and foremost again i apologize i know it's been uh, a minute since we've actually done one of these i thank you guys again for your support and just for holding out uh, sometimes you got to sit down, even if you're only four months old, and do some revision. You have to figure some things out. Um, and you make some tweaks, and you know uh, that's one of the things that I got the opportunity to do. Um, and thankfully, we're on the opposite end of that spectrum right now, uh, with a couple of announcements as we as we roll into this. First and foremost, I was pining for a co-host, um, and actually. Uh, co-hosts when it comes down to it. Um, I loved the engagement on things like Facebook and stuff, but at the end of the day, you know, a good conversation is a good conversation, and I wanted people to have good conversations with, and thankfully, uh, I've got my homeboy, Devin Chandler, uh, coming on uh, to this amazing thing, and so he's going to be joining me, and I'm looking forward to everything we're going to do. We changed the format up a little bit. We're going to be talking about some things for real. We're really going to be trying to figure some stuff out, uh, really going to be trying to put some things together. We're going to try and like, find truth in everything the way we're supposed to. And that's pretty much the bottom line. Plus, I'll still have some interviews. Um, not going down this episode, but trust, they are coming. Because I know that people have stories, 8 million stories to tell to inspire. So y'all sit back, relax, enjoy this, and I'll be kicking it off in just a minute. Welcome to Ottawa. Glad to have you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to I to I, short for Inspired to Inspire, a podcast is all about having open, honest, real, relevant conversations about life and faith. Uh, boldly going where most folks ain't trying to go. And as always, my name is Jordan. And my name is Devin. And we are glad, and I mean, when I say glad, I mean glad to have you rocking with us um, with this podcast and on this journey. And in this episode, we are talking about a whole lot of stuff. Um, if y'all are familiar with the previous uh, format of the podcast, you know that I didn't have a chance to do anything because I didn't have a co-host. Now I'm happy to have a co-host. So I'm kind of hype about that. And you're going to experience that hypeness uh, 
Now, it's going to be a little bit edgy, uh, but as always, we're going to direct it to truth uh, because that's what I want to do. Because the Bible says you shall have knowledge of the truth and the truth shall set you free and, and all those good things. Uh, so, you know, I'm just trying to be free. Uh, my people have 400 years of a previous issue where they weren't. <clears throat> so I'm just trying to stay not that way. Yeah, it'd be a good idea. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be talking about a lot of things tonight. We're actually going to talk about uh, the incident that messed everybody up last week involving Amber Geiger, Brant John, and even the judge, Tammy Kemp, um, that happened at the end of the Amber Geiger trial. You know, a lot of folks were not happy about how that happened. But I, for one, think that biblically it was probably a really good idea that it went the way it went. Um, and then also maybe a couple other things that happened as a result of that trial. Uh, also, we're going to talk about Facebook Christianity, also known as a, seg a segmented version of racial faith. Yeah, I said it. Um, and then, you know, just a couple other things, including going to the movies with the Joker and also noting that today is National Mental Health Day. Uh, but before that, I just wanted to go on public notice uh, to tell y'all that I'm trying to get Devin to mm. to purchase um, some cookie dough. Uh, I'm going to go on notice so my wife can hear this. <laughs> Baby, I am uh, really going hard on making sure that we can raise money for your for your beautiful little uh, ratchety children, whom I love very much uh, in your chorus program, so they can wear nice clothing, uh, so they can sing. And do all great kinds of things. So here you go, sir. Just go ahead and take a look at that. You were <clears throat> not kidding about the edginess. Yeah, no. Nah, putting people man. on the spot, making them buy cookie dough. <laughs> you know, I figured this is the best way to do it. Mm. Um, you know, just take a good look there. I, I think I don't need any of that trouble with the wifey coming after me if I said no. And the good news is I'd make two wives happy if I said yes. Right, bro. That's the whole point and <laughs> purpose, you know. You did, strange things happen and the Lord moves when you do things on the microphone as opposed to beforehand. Um, but you know, Ooh, but, this chocolate cookie with the white chocolate chips. That's a, yeah, the triple pretty good brownie. metaphor for this too. Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, you know, I guess that never mind. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. I think we just need to go ahead and get started. Okay. Uh, you know, first and foremost, bro, thank you for, for agreeing to come on here. Um, I appreciate that more than anything because, uh, what I noticed was having, um, a Facebook audience as your as your co-host. Uh, it was cool, but it was still pretty much you waiting for people to talk back. Uh, you don't have space for crickets. So, yeah, I appreciate you in advance for talking back. I'm probably afraid of some of the stuff you're going to say, but I just trust the Lord will use you. Um, and that's the way I'm going to say that. I'm still afraid of what you're going to say, but I appreciate it no matter what it is. Uh, so, yeah, I think we just need to go ahead and break into... Uh, the, the the first segment here, um, I wanted to talk about, like I said last week, um, the end of the Amber Geiger trial. For most who know or don't know, uh, she was the officer that was accused of killing uh, Botham John, uh, who was in his own apartment. Um, and there's a lot of speculation as to what went down and how it went down. Uh, but in the end, she was found guilty. Uh, and uh, it wasn't anything having to do with her specifically, but more so uh, the brother of Botham, the dude named Brant. And uh, he did what a lot of people would probably not do in that situation, uh, offering and issuing a public statement of forgiveness. And then even to the point of requesting to actually give Amber Geiger a hug. Mm -hmm. uh, I know 
most anybody I know ain't trying to hug anyone who shot or killed any family member of theirs. So, you know, I just, um, I felt personally that uh, it was probably a, a biblical statement of faith uh, for him to be able to do that. And by biblical, I mean like a biblical proportions on one end and at the same time what the Bible would probably say that we should do um, and was just really really overcome like everybody was like some people thought it was the greatest thing to happen some people thought it was the worst thing to happen um but here's the part that you didn't see the judge tammy kemp who's now catching a whole lot of flack had the opportunity and this is apparently what she normally does as was her custom um at the end of the trial to a go over and talk to the family of the deceased and offer her condolences which was good um but then she noticed something in her courtroom that she said specifically, she noticed a divide on one side, there was a lot of black on the other side, there was a lot of white. And so she figured that she would address that issue. And she went directly over to um, Amber spoke to her and, you know, basically the conversation went, Amber was really concerned because she had had this newfound understanding of faith. She, she was afraid that God wasn't going to forgive her. Um, and the judge immediately just had a change of heart and, and her countenance of what she wanted to do. And she told her, hey, listen, even though you're going to jail, this is not a waste. This is not for lost. You can still have a new life. Um, and then, you know, Amber just opened up and she just said, I don't even have a Bible. I don't know what the next step should be. And the judge went back to her quarters and brought out her own personal Bible, gave it to her um, and opened it to John 316 read that with her, which I think is a good start. If, if you need to start anywhere, you need to start with knowing that God loves you. Um, and then finally, there was the embrace. And it was to the point where she said that um, she was upset with herself that Amber he had to ask her twice to give her a hug. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's that's wild. So, you know, my, my thought is like what, I mean, not my thought, your thought. What are you thinking in this whole thing? Because I know she caught every amount of flack that I think you can catch from a lot of people. Um, but was the flack actually warranted? Yeah, I mean, when I watched it and, uh, you know, it kind of felt like the the hug felt around the world, right? <laughs> right. Uh, I didn't expect uh, to feel quite what I felt when I when I watched the hug. Um, you know, I, I put it on in my car. I think I told you this. I was eating my Chick-fil-A sandwich in my car. Come on. Fortunately. Not yeah. No, not Popeye's. Of course, I don't even know the close Popeye's around here. But Bro, uh, understand that the sandwich <laughs> is back though. <laughs> but uh, I'm sitting in my car, which is a good thing um, because people didn't need to see uh, <laughs> what was going on. I did not use my napkins to wipe my face uh, or my mouth. I used them to dry my tears because it, uh, it was a moving moment. And watching that young man uh, publicly forgive somebody for a heinous act um, is is beyond any level of grace I think I am capable of, at mm -hmm. least at, at this point in my life. Right. Uh, and uh, probably beyond the grace that <laughs> uh, the, the majority of Christians would have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was... Uh, a little bit surprised to hear that there was a, a backlash. Um, and, and this is where my shortcomings and, and I'm still learning this stuff because uh, my old self was very pragmatic and things seem fairly, uh, for lack of a better term, black and white. And uh, somebody from California. Yes. Pragmatic. I know. I know. Well, see, out there I was uh, the um, uh, conservative 
and then I move here and I'm a liberal, you know, so that'll, that'll tell you the different, uh, social, uh, sensibilities of the East and West coast. Um, but yeah, watching that, I just don't know how any Christian at least could look at that and not see God working in that moment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I, that that's exactly what I was thinking because as I looked at that, I was just, you know, I was thinking that if if we're gonna deal with forgiveness, the the Bible teaches that forgiveness is a very simple construct. But unfortunately, we get a hold of it, and <laughs> <sighs> oh God, um, as a matter of fact, I was even having a conversation with a couple of students the other day, and they were talking about, you know, um, the fact that you know it, it's it's hard to forgive someone. Uh, if they've done this, that, or the other, and then they just kind of refuse to repent. And I, I checked them real quick. I was like, yo, I'm sorry, but that's kind of not how that works. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it doesn't even have anything to do with them in the end, uh, because at the end of the day, they're not releasing you from anything. You have to release that yourself. Um, and that's exactly what Jesus did. That was the protocol that he set forth when he was on the cross. He looked at God and he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. He never looked at them and said, Hey, listen, I forgive you, which is a problem because, you know, most of us feel like we have to have that public address with that individual who do it, who does us wrong. And that's not how that flies. Mm-mm. At the end of the day, if you want to be released, if you want to have that peace, then you need to set within yourself the understanding that nobody is going to make that happen with you, but you. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm glad that Brandt did that because of a couple of reasons. One, because Kat's only 18 years old. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? His brother's yeah. 26. And he, for all intents and purposes, should have acted like any 18-year-old would act. In my personal opinion, I think he'd be justified to do it. But instead, he takes this year, because I think it was about a year that he had to process all of this. um, And he literally puts in what I would call the hard yards. Like There's some sweat equity going into the fact that by the time it was all said and done, he didn't have any reserve. Mm -hmm. He didn't have any, any approach with ill effect. He was just like, yo... I just want you to know I forgive you. And then he asks the judge, uh, Judge Kent, yo, can I give her a hug? And didn't hear anything. So he asks again. Yeah. Like he was relentless about the process. He wanted her to know exactly how forgiven she was. Yeah. And that, there, there was preparation that went into what mm-hmm. he was doing. Absolutely. And, and there was a plan that he had. And I don't think anyone can can say that that's not the case. Uh, the thing that worries me, and I know you just went through um, – in your series about uh, forgiveness university. Yeah. So this, I mean, this just is hand in hand with what you've been talking about uh, on your previous pods. And, you know, I think Christians uh, love the fact that Jesus forgave us, but when it comes to forgiving others, they like to just say, you know, well, what about the eye for the eye? You know, what about that? <laughs> and, and love pulling out things that can kind of justify their ability to avoid forgiving others. And, you know, there's a reason I usually bring this all back to movies. There's a reason why the <laughs> final uh, sin in the movie seven is wrath, um, right. because it's the uh, most What's in the climactic box? What's in the box? One. Yes. What's in the box? Yes. Yo. It is the most climactic sin that you can have. And yeah. uh, wrath me... really boils down to the inability to forget. Right. Well, and and, and take that into your own hands when when. God throughout the Bible says that that vengeance is his and that he mm-hmm. will deliver our enemies, not the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I just really wanted to see Kevin Spacey get shot. 
But um, yeah, I, but, I feel what you're saying. And and now for multiple reasons, but <laughs> chill out, <laughs> <laughs> chill out, man. So. But yeah, no, I mean, ultimately, the, my my thing and 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 the stance that I will continue to take on that is, you know, um, if you are a believer, ultimately, a lot of what you're going to do around here is going to be counterculture, and there was nothing more counterculture uh, than what could have been done uh, to, as 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 what he did. <laughs> yeah, and, that is not know. something you're going to see every day. That nah. that's probably not even something you see in fiction. Like you're not going to see that at the nah. end of a Law and Order episode. Exactly. <laughs> hey, chill <laughs> out, man. So yeah, SBU does some does some real real things. But you know, at the same time though, I, I I thought about it. It's just like it's almost the same as what happened with the Emmanuel Project. You know what I'm saying? Or like the understanding of what happened at Mother Emmanuel Baptist in South Carolina in 2014, uh, 2015. Yeah. Um, you know. And the crazy thing about it was they 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 set that story up to feel like it was hyper miraculous as far as forgiveness was concerned until I watched the the <laughs> until I watched the documentary yeah and it was kind of crazy because you know I'm thinking oh wow this is like a whole supernatural deal and in a sense I still think it was but there was some very very much there was a whole lot of humanity involved in that too like there were a couple of people up there that said nah I ain't I ain't forgive homeboy and I'm not gonna forgive homeboy and I'm talking about just people in their church yeah. You know, and so they have a biblical understanding, I would I would presuppose on what forgiveness is supposed to be about. And they're just like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. You know, and so I mean, as, as much as I respect that at the same time, I think that this is still awesome because I'm, I'm hoping that it really plants seeds for uh, people who actually watch that <clears throat> to say, hey, maybe the way I feel doesn't really have to affect how I'm supposed to act and hopefully uh, kind of dig into the truth of the Bible, what forgiveness is really all about and act accordingly. So, Well, and it's a process, you know, you mentioning that this young man probably took the, you know, the, the most part of a year mm-hmm. to get himself to that place. Um, you know, that it takes time. And for some people, uh, they might have the ability to forgive in a short period of time. And some people might take a lifetime. Um, you know, but yeah. I think ultimately all that God wants us to do is to work through that process. It's okay to be yep. angry. Yep. yep. You yep. know, it's okay to be upset. Um, but, uh, you still need to press into what it is that God wants you to do with that anger and, and <clears throat> see what he's going to do to work in that through your life. And what I think is interesting is when it first happened, you know, it, it's, it's, clearly looks like some sort of a racially motivated thing in a sense. That's just where our our assumption goes because of the countless shootings by police uh, toward black men uh, up until that point. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, you're hearing some of it and just going with, I mean, at reality, this could have just been a a terrible accident, terrible misfortune. Who knows? Yeah. And it kind of formed itself to be that when it was all said and done. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, I take it that way. Yeah. But then I dug into it a little bit and she did have some text messages that were questionable. She did have some communication, apparently, that came out in the trial Mm -hmm. um, with some you know, prejudice slash racial, you know, jokes or things here or there. Now, does does that mean that she's a, she one of the main reasons that she, you know, accidentally murdered this person? Right. <laughs> what was the a motivation? I don't know. But I know that that adds an extra element to make that forgiveness harder. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that double layers itself with all the questions you could ask, like mm-hmm. what if it was a white person yeah. or mm-hmm. uh, on the flip, what if the officer was African-American? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing would have occurred with a white person as well. And the white person was the one that got killed. Right. You know, like people were asking, like, would the same thing would have would have would the same thing have happened in the courtroom? Right. You know, in the end, you know, with with their family members offer that kind of forgiveness, you mm-hmm. know, or would the judge have done the same thing? You know, there's, there's a lot of counterfactual yeah. questioning that, that that kind of passed through there. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that ultimately uh, what, what you're saying, is it, it rains. And even if there were, you know, just racist jokes, not even that she was a racist per se. Right. Um, it, you know, unfortunately that, that, that sets up the line to, to just have it be real question. Well, and it's, it's a broad brush that we tend to paint people as quote unquote racist now. Um, you know, and, yeah. and mm. that's, there's good and bad there. Um, but there, there, that word has lost a little bit of sting over the years, I think, because it, it, yeah. it can be overused. Um, because not all acts of racism uh, are are equal. That's no, very, true. That's very um, true. You know, but I just think it's an interesting layer to add because imagine this young man is preparing himself, and the whole time he's under the impression that my, this might have just truly been a terrible accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're preparing yourself for this moment, and maybe you come to a place where you're willing to forgive, and then in the middle of this trial, these things come out, and you start hearing that there could be mm, some seeds. Yeah. Okay. So imagine now being <clears throat> tested to continue to follow through on the grace that God is calling you to have toward this person. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes, yo, that that's more respect. Yeah. Uh, that makes that man a champion as far as I'm concerned. All right. right. I know we, we've spent way too much on this. I mean, I, I could talk about this all day. I really could. But um, let's flip the script that you were talking about that anger, that rage. Let's hold on to that for about three seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, this is a perfect time to talk about the the aftermath uh, concerning one of the witnesses who just got killed. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what I want to do with this, but it just it begs a question for me because I can't believe this is even part of the conversation. Uh, this Joshua Brown character, the witness that testified, um, and apparently his testimony uh, heavily affected the outcome for, for Amber Geiger. And now uh, we turn around and this dude apparently is dead and a drug deal gone wrong. Um, I don't know what to do with this because was it really related to the Geiger trial? And, and what I mean by that is apparently uh, Dallas PD has a reputation among some as being uh, slightly crooked. I'll just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how um, I don't know how I don't have all the facts yet, so I ain't saying nothing. Uh, but apparently this uh, this individual that they say, the, this Joshua Brown guy that got caught up in this drug deal, apparently really didn't deal drugs. Um, and that apparently these guys uh, that that killed him um, came from like, they say like four hours away. <clears throat> hmm. Like somebody's going to come four hours away for a, a heavy drug deal uh, that pertains to marijuana. I mean, you could, you could probably sell bigger and better than that um, is what they're saying. This is what I'm hearing. Um, and then they kill him. The, the plot was to to take the marijuana. Like apparently the space set up, they weren't going to pay him. They were just going to steal the marijuana. And then they end up leaving it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they would call a drug deal gone wrong. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't believe that this is even part of the conversation. But, <laughs> you know, how do you, who do you, what brought this on? Because it, it unfortunately, it sounds a little plausible. And I really hate the fact that it does. But. We we can find conspiracy theories (laughs) throughout the internet age. Um, The first thing I heard about it is I I was thinking um, it's a real disappointment 
to have the story of this trial be continued by a distraction from what the ending we should be focusing on was. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, the, the enemy uh, is kind of the, uh, the king of distraction. Oh, he's the ultimate king of distraction, yeah. bro. Yeah. yeah. And, sure. and distracting somebody uh, almost seems like it's not even malicious, but it just takes your focus away so easily. Like there's really not even, even if it, it let's say, let's just go there and say that it was a full blown conspiracy and something happened. Like what difference does that make? That, wow. that doesn't take, away, it's not like justice wasn't handled mm-hmm. because justice was handled in this case. Um, she is going to jail. Um, we had a moment of forgiveness that is unlike anything that I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the things that we should be focusing on. I think for the most part, the parties involved in this thing got it right. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 I guess I'll take it. You know, as I, was, I don't want to focus on it too long. Just yeah. the fact of, of the matter is that this became a conversation. It kind of ticks me off when it comes down to it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know. I just because I know what direction this could head in, and I know what people could say even about us even bringing it up. But you know, I've got a, a couple of folks whom I love that are um, police officers, and I stand by them and appreciate them 110, 150 percent. Um, so I'm I'm not taking a dig at police if I did think that this happened. Uh, you know, but at the same time, um, you know, who's to say what? You know, and I I just I I don't want to. I don't know. Maybe it's something in me that I need a hard check on real quick because to to speculate that and to let it. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking too much. <laughs> not to say, you know, I, no, because honestly, I don't. Yeah. I don't really necessarily believe one side or the other. Like right. you were just saying, I think ultimately what that really is 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 something taking away yeah. from the awesomeness that did occur. Yeah, from this moment that yeah. that for a second. Uh, not, I guess not everybody, uh, <laughs> but, right. but a lot of people actually just went, wow, this is in all of the terrible miscarriages of justice that have gone on over the last several years when it comes to uh, police involved shootings with minorities, this one ended in a way that we have not seen and in a way where we truly saw God working in it and not just God working because as Christians, we can say, oh, I see God in that. Yes. This kid legitimately pulled God into that courtroom. Yeah, he did. <laughs> All up in that courtroom. Okay, yeah, not because I'm just going to shut up. On it, man. <laughs> I'm, we'll leave that alone. Let's, let's, let's move on to something probably not so serious at the same time, though serious because of, uh, again, stuff that happened in the past. Um, so we're supposed to be going to see the Joker movie uh, this weekend. And I'm excited. And at the same time, I hate to say it, just a touch horrified, uh, <laughs> uh, because you know, I mean, it, it, it hadn't been what four or five years since uh, what happened in Colorado. Uh, Man, this just sounds yeah. like a really sad podcast today. We're supposed to be having a lot of fun. I My know. bad. Um, and I think that the movie is actually going to be quite dope. I've, I've heard things already. Some folks said that they saw it, and apparently, it's super, super dark. But at the same time, I appreciate the humanity of it. I think. I said, I think, because yeah. obviously I ain't seen it yet, but yeah. you know, there, there are things that, that need to be talked about. And I think that a positive light could be shed on it if it's approached in the right way. Uh, but there's some folks that say, yeah, this thing is just, it's, it's darker than anything that they've seen regarding mm-hmm. the Joker, you know? Um, 
You know, I, I haven't seen it yet either, um, but you know that I'm a cinephile movie nerd, so yep, I've, yep. I've heard a lot about it. Um, I know that it got uh, well-received at the different film festivals, and for a movie like this, a comic book movie to get well-received at festivals means that it probably has a lot more to do with legitimate social commentary than just the origin story of a superhero, because... Mm-hmm. Those aren't the type of movies Villain. that cinephiles tend to, are you, you know, or, yeah, are you a, the you, origin story of, of, okay. of someone involved in so, a so superhero. So you think that yeah, the dude from Cobra Kai was a superhero in Karate Kid, don't you? Uh, no, absolutely not. Are you sure? Yeah, absolutely Okay, not. just checking. No. You know, that's a thing now on, uh, what is it, Hulu or Netflix or something like that? Uh, I know some uh, people my age who watch it, and uh, I just say, <laughs> that's okay, uh, my judgment <laughs> off of you. Um, but that's not something I'm going to watch. Uh, um, but that that's all right. No. I don't want to judge those people. Uh, it's um, okay. I'll judge. Them cool. <laughs> but with this movie, I think the the premise behind it, and this is what I will find most fascinating when I go to watch it, is that it is basically saying, uh, did society make this man into the villain he becomes? Mm. And not just like mental illness. And so I think it's putting some of the uh, responsibility back on society. Hmm. Uh, Not just, uh, you know, a bad upbringing where we can just simply blame the parent and and wash our hands of it. Hmm. Uh, Not just a mental illness where uh, we as society can say, well, this isn't our fault. If you go back to the Dark Knight version of the Joker, uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, how he was raised. Right. It doesn't have to do with society as a whole causing him to behave that way. This one looks like it flips that on its head. And so I think it's probably going to have a lot to do with how, what type of role does society play in people that end up hitting a breaking point, in people that end up deciding, are they going to to take things into their own hands um, uh, or are they going to... Uh, unfortunately, one of the the other topics we're going to hit here is uh, you know National Mental Health Day yeah. and the amount of suicides that are going on. Uh, how much of that is uh, society to blame for and bullying and things like that? Wow, you know, and we're not really sure which way the scales are going to tip. Um, but it's sure <laughs> easy to say it's not our fault, yeah, because it's not my fault. No. I didn't do this. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Yeah, that's a I don't know. That's a that's a big thing, um, especially now. Like for for me, as I think about that, we're talking about it. Um, and it's because so many people are looking at either cast blame or just really uh, suffocate a situation so that it's it's not an issue in their world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the crazy part about that is I'm going to say this and I just I don't know. I feel like I'm going to catch some backlash, but whatever. Um, oh, you like I, it. Yeah, to <laughs> a point. But maybe that's just because I don't like hearing people's mouths. Uh, grace. Anyway. uh yeah, no, I, I just I think about that because I think about how we could have that same conversation with the church, mm-hmm. um, and you know maybe the Joker is not the topic to be discussing in the church, but at the same time, you know if you can't talk about something in the church, then where where can you? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we've disrespected our whole thing too in the fact that uh, you know you take a look at the Joker and you're not thinking that anybody's going to invite him to church, and I'm not trying to say that this is one of the things where you need to invite the Joker to church, but. Um, I see a lot of different individuals that we've had on the news for one reason or another. And if you listen to like, you know, the same thing, their origin story, if you want to call it that, um, it looks like or sounds like they were one hug short or one invitation short or one conversation short of having a, a totally and completely different life. I mean,
uh, society as a whole likes to say, um, well, it's not our fault. It's the fault of parents not being engaged. It's the fault of um, video games. Mm. It's the fault of mental illness, as opposed to taking responsibility and saying, well, what, what as society is maybe causing this? And to kind of piggyback that with um, the church, I think that the church oftentimes is a little bit uh, quick to blame society for what society is doing, as yeah. opposed to uh, the church being a direct impact on society. Mm. Okay. You know, and there are just too often where the, the church can kind of uh, not close its doors in a literal sense, but close its doors in a sense of, hey, we're a safe place. Hey, hey, stick with your, your Christian friends. Stick with people who believe the th same things you believe. Um, you know, go ahead and invite people. And, uh, you know, you had made a comment about, you know, well, people aren't necessarily inviting the Joker to church. Um I don't think it's about inviting the Joker to church. I think it's about inviting the person who could become the Joker to church yeah. before they become the Joker. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now that's a uh, uh, crazy, but it's a very, very valid point. I think that's the whole thing. It, um, you know, in the Bible, Jesus was quick to invite a whole mess of outcasts. And the funny thing about that is the people who were not the outcasts, the ones who you could call the church had a big problem with that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, for me, I think that this is probably one of those seasons where we get to see um, new fruit uh, take, I don't know, take root, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. um, but I think this, I think that the conversation concerning this movie is more so an opportunity for us to get spiritually woke, I guess. Is a, is a, can we use woke still? Yeah. Yeah. OK, cool. If not, too bad. Um, but yeah, it's just an opportunity for us to really become more, ah, here's the new word, to, to become more self-aware. Because I think we are not very self-aware when it comes to things like this. I think we're not very self-aware when it comes to a lot of things. But I think this one now in, in our society um, is something that we need to pay a whole lot of attention to. Um, because, you know, not to say that somebody was not a believer, but what about the believers who are part of these 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 unfortunate events that happen in like a Sandy Hook or over in mm -hmm. Colorado and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. You know, um, some people or some in some places the church stepped in after the fact. Uh, but what what could have potentially been done, or what potentially would not have happened rather, um, if the church? Not to say that they didn't, but you know, the capital C church took a more active role. And approaching his community mm -hmm. and loving his people mm -hmm. and doing all the things that we're required to do uh, with the understanding of things like the Great Commission or the birth of the church in the book of Acts. Like, I feel like we've, we've, we've gotten a step off of that, especially in Western culture and Western civilization. Um, and I think it's so much so that now it's like uh, we don't recognize that because we don't recognize that part of the church anymore. You know, the Bible was to talk about, um, you know, a man looks in the mirror and then turns around and, and, and completely forgets what, a, what his face looks like. I think that's what we do every Sunday. We have a chance to go look in the mirror and, you know, we're trying to get it straight. You know, ladies, y'all get your hair did. You put on that makeup. Uh, you get real pretty and stuff. And then you turn around, walk outside and forget exactly what you did with your eyelashes. I don't know. I mean, you know, and the same thing with dudes. You know, I mean, I, I like being a presentable person. I want to make sure that my hair is straight. I want to make sure... Um, you know, that, that, that my face looks decent, you know, that I wash it, that I, that I comb, whatever, I don't have anything to comb anymore. What am I talking about? Mm -hmm. But, um, shut up. Um, but you know, but then 
when we walk outside, it's like we don't even focus on those things that make us us. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, when we don't focus on those things, then we don't know exactly what they are. It's an identity crisis in a sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're more so coming in and we are getting all these great things from the church, but we're forgetting about the application process after that. We have to go out and apply those things that we learn. And I don't think we're doing that. And I think that now that that is, um, now that things like these are happening, that's starting to show. And yes, yeah, society does need to go ahead and take its own responsibility for this. But then I also have to, I, I vehemently have to say that we also have to admit that we have our own part that we played in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, I often tell people that a little bit of vanity is good for everybody. Um, if you have a little bit of vanity, it means you're probably not going to Walmart in your pajamas, you know? Hey man, it, leave people at walmart.com. I'm, alone. I'm just saying like life, a little bit of vanity will help. Yeah. Um, and I also believe a little self-awareness goes a long way, especially mm-hmm. in society today where uh, I think one of the, the greatest things about something like social media and like Facebook is it allows you to find people um, that have similar interests to you. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, uh, uh, you know, growing up and both of us having grown up in, in pretty much the same time period, think about how many different groups you had growing up, right? You had like, Jocks, smart kids, nerds, and like losers, and like that was kind of it, you know. Like that's all you really had. You got to say losers, though. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, because that that's fine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what you had, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, today, you've got like twenty-five different groups. Well, why is that? Because people are able to align their interests uh, more carefully. Well, uh, what that also means is that people, as they become more and more individualized, they care less and less about what their groups or fellow groups may think about them because I have my belonging. Mm -hmm. I have my core group of people that I'm comfortable with. And therefore I can be myself and don't have to necessarily be aware of what that self is. Mm -hmm. And the church can tend to do that. It can tend to uh, be for lack of a better term, a, a little clicky, it can be a little bit closed off, oh, no. right? It can oh, be no. uh, a little uh, less accepting of others, oh, well, which means that we're just not overly self-aware of some of the things that we might be doing, some of the things we might be engaging in. Because as we get more and more comfortable with finding people who have uh, the very same sensibilities as us, we kind of stop looking at our own behaviors and looking for ways to kind of grow and expand outside of that. Oh, wow. You know, I agree with that. And at the same time, as we get ready to switch the topic, I absolutely disagree mm. because um, now we're going to roll into another understanding. And, and and just to flip your script, just a touch, you are absolutely right. But uh, what about when you are so a part of your group uh, that anybody else's views from another group are absolutely wrong, no matter what they say, no matter what they do, and you're so closed off to to their point of view? that it becomes all-out warfare, especially in a place like social media. Mm. Yay. Yeah. So uh, where are we going with this one? Well, funny story, not funny. Uh, Last week, um, I had the opportunity, uh, the honor and the pleasure, I say that very sarcastically, Mm. uh, to participate in a conversation that had happened on Facebook where an individual that we both know uh, came out and made a statement after having a conversation with somebody else on social media uh, that did not go well. Um, and they made a public statement on Facebook calling uh, another person a coward. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only the, the main line of the issue that I have in this is that this person is a believer. This person 
um, has made a public statement of faith. Uh, but more so than that, uh, they have made a public statement of if you do not believe what I believe or if you challenge my beliefs in anything that subsequently does ha- has nothing to do with Jesus, um, I'm going to come at your throat mm-hmm. and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that you know that the decision that you made to publicly state something opposite me uh, was the worst choice that you could have ever made in your entire life. Now, the only problem, not the only problem, but the main problem that I had with this was that uh, this person made this statement on Facebook and it birthed uh, a comment box of at least 120 comments. Mm -hmm. And a vast majority of them, I think there were only like maybe 10 or 15 uh, that were uh, civil uh, or non-argumentative, and I was responsible for about four or five of those. A vast majority of those comments were so vicious, uh, so malignant, um, you know, just flat out evil in some cases, uh, where people were making statements. I think one of the things that, that got me so much that I was finally like, that's it, because I didn't really want to comment on anything, but then I saw somebody that I knew uh, that was also a believer that posted something. And this is where I was like, okay, this is officially getting dumped. Uh, posted <laughs> something that says something about how they couldn't understand how um, any lefty could ever be a believer. And obviously when they say that, uh, the term lefty means uh, someone who would be a Democrat. Oh, and he was wasn't talking like, about someone's handwriting preference? Maybe. Okay. See, because I think you're making an assumption. My bad. <laughs> But I got a funny feeling yes. that it's the one I'm okay. talking about. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, that's when I was finally like, okay, this this has officially gotten ridiculous. Um, and I pinpointed, I even I called it out. I called it out mm-hmm. um, uh, respectfully. I called it out. I didn't call anybody no names. Uh, and then I just called out the fact that if you have an issue with a person, and I even posted the Bible verse or the passage specifically, Matthew 18, um, how you are actually supposed to win over somebody who offends you or somebody who doesn't agree with you. And I, when I say win over, I do mean win over, not win your argument. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you know, I, I didn't get any real backlash on that per se. Um, but the thing that struck me the most, and it's funny because I'm glad that we get, had a chance to redo this, mm-hmm. um, two things happened. Uh, number one, I posted what I posted, and a couple of people responded back. Um, civil conversation, really good stuff. Not really a problem. As a matter of fact, out of this birth, what I'm going to talk about in a second, which is the ability to have a conversation with somebody face-to-face or eye-to-eye. <laughs> See what mm. I did there? Love the title of the show now. Branding. Um, hey. Uh, but then uh, this person who actually posted the post could only respond to me with a barrage of emojis that basically were saying, I'm crazy. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm laughing or whatever the case may be, but nothing that had words in it. Um, nothing that had content that had any type of quality to it. So that was the thing that pissed me off. Part one the thing that pissed me off. Part two. And I've since forgiven this person to move on. Cause it's just, it's just not worth the time. Uh, this person comes up to me later in the week and they dap me up and they hug me and act like nothing ever happened. I'm like, are you serious right now? Mm-hmm. You know, and when when that happened, I just like I just had to rein myself in because number one, I was in the middle of a public place. I didn't want to make a scene, and I was pissed. Um, and and they start asking me questions about everything except for anything having to do with this post. And I just want to be like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? And it's just I don't know. Like I just I I, I shot past my quote unquote rage, um, but you know it just it got me thinking. You know what I'm saying? Like it. 
call me grandpa. Like, just call me granddaddy Jay from here on out. But when are we going to realize that the method and the means, even though social media is, is an excellent way of keeping up with people, I'm being in their world and, you know, most people's worlds, because for a lot of people, they just show you their highlight reels. You don't know nothing about their cutting room floor. The fact that their life really sucks compared to what they're showing you. Like dude. Perfect. Yeah. Hey, 1000 times you see the shot and then it goes in. (laughs) You know, I do that too, though, if it made me millions of dollars. Well, yeah, I'm just saying. Fair. Um, But yeah, when are we going to get past the fact that it's not working? Mm hmm. And not that it's a problem all the way around, because I love using it. I love how some people use it as a platform uh, to express, you know, the the mode for their business or uh, to really stay connected with all their family members around the world, because it's a lot better than trying to pick up a phone. I don't know about y'all, but a phone mm-hmm. plan is not good when you have to attach on that international thing. Probably a lot more expensive. Um, but when are we going to realize that sometimes the best thing to do? Sometimes. Because some people just, no matter what, are still going to be D-bags, for lack of a better word. Um, It's to sit down, look somebody in the eye, face-to-face, and have a good old-fashioned conversation. Mm. I know. I know. And the reason I say that is because I feel like the minute you're able to do that, um, even potentially with some type of mediation, because I know you talked about earlier counseling marriage couples and and stuff like that. with some type of mediation, or if you are civil enough to be able to talk to somebody, uh, you get to get this new thing, this innovative thing that nobody's ever heard before. <laughs> this is normal. I'm just going to tell you this. You're not ready for it. It's called understanding. Ooh. Yeah. Understanding is a, uh, it's, it's, it's new. And it's a thing where you can comprehend what the other person is saying. And you're able to receive it in a way that it, you can at least digest it properly and then maybe have something to give back to them in a civil um, constitutional manner. Now, you know, there are some people out there, they're going to be flat out racist or they're just going to be flat out sexist and they're just not going to be open to a new viewpoint. Yeah. But I have a funny feeling that a majority percentage of the people who have these conversations on social media or wherever the case may be, something mm-hmm. where they get to hide behind a keyboard, um, maybe not even intentionally, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, some people, they, they're, 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 they're Freddy cats and they think that the only way they get to do it is that. But some people sometimes they just don't, they don't understand. As a matter of fact, I'm sorry, because I know I'm hogging time. My bad. <laughs> but um, I just remember I was listening to uh, something on uh, the TED Talk podcast um, about a girl who used to be a part of, you can love this one, uh, Westboro Baptist. Mm-hmm. And uh, what happened was she had been brought up since the age of five. She had been on their picket lines. And for those of you who don't know, Westboro Baptist is a very primitive Baptist church, highly racist um, and highly like just venomous in their approach to quote unquote ministry. We'll picket and we'll, um, you know, just protest against a bunch of people, that, especially homosexuals, uh, the military. Um, you know, you do not, would not be surprised if you saw a sign that said God hates fags um, on, mm. on, in their presence with them. Uh, just to you know, make it as real as possible for you. Um, but uh, she also had a Twitter account. And what happened was some of the people that were protesting against her uh, would actually DM her and would be civil with her. And she began having these conversations with them <laughs> and began forming, I kid you not, friendships with them. Yeah. Um, and the friendships that they formed led her to be able to ask questions to them and yeah. then be able to ask questions to her. And then in the process also disprove some of the things that she knew about the Bible according to what she was being taught to the point where finally it just weighed so heavily on her. She got so convicted that she broke away from her church, which was ultimately breaking away from her family. 
Little note, Westboro Baptist only has about 80 members, Mm. and they're all family members. Almost all, anyway. It's amazing the impact that a church of only 80 people can have on society. Right. Uh, Yeah. Um, It it does bring us back to that that whole uh, self-awareness thing, though. I think when you sit down with somebody um, face-to-face, you have to be self-aware. You have to... Uh, realize how you're engaging. You have to realize how you're speaking. You have to realize whether or not you're making eye contact, your body language. Like there's a responsibility uh, when we are in society uh, to, to behave a certain way. When you're on social media, you don't necessarily have to think about that, mm, especially right. when most of the time you're screaming into uh, the echo chamber that we had talked about before. And it really does tie into when we come back to the root of the post we're talking about, where he called somebody a coward. Here's where you can kind of tell uh, that this person is probably lacking in self-awareness. Um, and I'm going to bring it back to movies because I love doing that. All right. Okay. We'll take it. Have you seen Back to the Future? From way back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's three of them, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're they're great films. If you haven't seen them, check them out. What does the antagonist in that movie do in all three movies? And we all know that he's the antagonist. He's the bully. He's the bad guy mm-hmm. because he repeatedly tells uh, the the protagonist Marty McFly that yeah. he's a coward, that he is yellow, chicken. that he is chicken. Come on, Biff. We know for a fact that Biff. <laughs> Is the bad guy in this scenario. Okay. <laughs> Yet right. a person who's behaving like Biff would lacks all self-awareness because they are empowered by the echo chamber of social media. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So if they had just a little self-awareness, they could actually read back through what they were saying and go, oh my gosh, I am Biff. Yet the problem is, is that people watch their own movie through their own eyes and they're always the Marty McFly. They're always a Luke Skywalker. They are never the Darth Vader or the Biff. Always the Ralph Macchio. Always the Ralph Macchio. Yeah. Wow. Instead, people who are actually watching this go on, they can see clearly, you know, in a lot of cases, who's who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. And they usually, yeah, okay. All yeah. right, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> it reminds me of a, a not-so-funny story also. I mean, it's hilarious now, but, um, yeah, it, it uh, you know, being a, a PK, and shout out to all my preacher's kids out there. Um I've had to experience a lot of interesting things, especially with my dad, because he's an amazing African-American male. Shout out to C. Rutherford, too. Love you, sir. Um, but, you know, as a United Methodist pastor, where we came from in Atlanta, it was it was highly African-American, um, almost like a bunch of little mini mega churches in a sense. Uh, but then we moved up here and it was just about the most lily white thing you could ever experience. And, uh, you know, when he gets his churches, there's a protocol that you just have to go through. You know, it's just a, a series of mechanisms. Uh, you have to have your inaugural Sunday. So let's just focus mm-hmm. on that. And the first Sunday you go, the whole family goes and, you know, he does his little thing. And after that, they always have the little, uh, the, the, what do you call it after? The meet know, and greet. Yeah, sure. Why yeah. not? And then they have little cookies and punch. Um, you Speaking know, maybe, maybe a brownie. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. Don't forget. I know. Get those cookies. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. And then everybody just comes up to you. And when they come up to you, they ask you who you are, what you do, uh, where you're from all these other things. And then they usually just finish it with, well, you know, we're really glad to have your dad. Um, you know, just thank you so much for sharing him or whatever. I don't know. Some, some nice jargon that they always mm-hmm. use. Well, there was a one time, not my, not my dad's current church, but the one before it, um, his inaugural Sunday, he came in, he did his thing. And then of course it's time to do the protocol. Uh, and there's this one guy that comes up to me and you know, I, I just don't care. His name is Jack. Just the name Jack. 
Besides, besides Nicholson, I don't know. I just I'm not a fan of the name Jack all the time. I mean, the hero in Lost is Jack. Jack Bauer is Jack. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, Jacks are usually a good guy. Jack Sparrow. Yeah. No, I still don't like it. Okay. But um, anyway, so he comes up to me and he's talking to me. He's like, "Yeah, what's your name? Same thing, protocol. You know, where are you from? What do you do?" Um, and then finally, he's just like, "You know, really glad." Uh, that your dad is here. Really glad to have you guys here today too. I'm like, yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I'm thinking the conversation's done. Then all of a sudden, you know, it, it, it crescendos into something even greater. He's like, you know, because about 45, 50 years ago, this couldn't be a thing. And remember, this is right around uh, 2008 when mm-hmm. uh, President Obama just got elected. And he's like, you know, uh, you know, just the racial divide, all this other stuff. I'm like, all right, I'm feeling you, bro. I'm feeling your style. You good yeah. right now. You good with me. Uh, and then he goes, you know, now with, with the president, you know, I feel like there's so much more progress that we've made and we can make. I'm like, all right, yo, dude, you know what you're talking about. My brother is good. Then he kamikazes the entire conversation by saying, now we can focus in on the gays and the Mexicans. <laughs> And I sit there for about 16 seconds, and I'm just thinking in my mind, this. First of all, I'm thinking two things. Number one, you, you've automatically inferred that before this, you were able to look down on me as well. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. You racist a hole. Yes. And then the second thing, I'm Lord forgive me. I'm sorry. You know, so I told you we're going down this podcast. <laughs> um, and then the second thing I'm thinking is, you also think that I agree with you with, with, with what you're saying right here. Right. And you saying echo chamber was the thing that said because I'm thinking that there are decades that this man has been in his own quote unquote echo chamber to be able to make this statement so confidently. Right. And think that I'm going to be on board with him. And I'm just like, yo, bro, get your life. Right. Like, what did you think that? Who have you ever had conversations with? And I mean, there's another story I can tell about this man. I've yeah. got a few stories I can tell. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about those later. But, you know, I, I just think it does speak a lot to the understanding of even just in that conversation, because I'm saying conversation is the thing that we need. And then lo and behold, I just hip, made myself a hypocrite by telling you that story. Yeah. Um, but all that to say, still, nonetheless, good old fashioned conversation, I think is going to be the key. To, to breaking some of these chains off of, of, of the barriers that we have on relationships and the chasms that that still exist, unfortunately, because of things that if we just sat down and talked, mm-hmm. you know, we could all realize, hey, we got the same thing in common. It might look yeah. different, but it is the same thing. And not only that, ultimately, we all serve the same God, the one who we call our father, yeah. father for everyone, no matter what your ethnicity is, no matter what your specificity is, still our father. Um, okay, I just yeah. said we were going to try and be succinct. We're sure enough, have and <laughs> have not, not at the same succinct. time. That's yeah. not going to happen. I tried. Uh, but yeah, I think we all need to be, uh, on occasion, we need to be audience members in our own life. Mm-hmm. So we need to Ooh. be watching w- the things that we're doing. And so, for instance, if this man was an audience member uh, and watching back on tape uh, saying, gosh, I can't believe of all of the uh, strides that we've made in, in racial equality for black people, now let's get the Mexicans. Like that's a weird thing. If you're watching that, you're going, wait a second. So I, I'm glad that racism is moving further away. Now let me attack another race. Like that's a uh, something that if you're an audience member in your own life, you might actually be uh, aware of that behavior as opposed to just watching everything through the hero's eyes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and but that's how oblivious some people are to the the bigotry that that they hold, and um, we are probably all guilty of it yeah, to varying yeah. degrees. Uh, very, very, <laughs> very, 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 very. Okay, 
So. Well, Jesus, we just we just pray for the, for the self awareness, my mm. God. Because if I'm ever that not self aware, kick me in the shin. Yes, that's all I'm asking. Don't shoot me because I like to live. Anyway, we're gonna keep it moving real quick. Um, this today, uh, October the tenth, is National Mental Health Day, and the big thing that they wanted to put emphasis on today. Um, is suicide specifically. Um, and just give you some facts, every 40 seconds, that's a crazy statement, mm. uh, someone commits suicide. And it, it gives a roundabout to about 800,000 people each year. Um, and this is the thing that I wanted to put emphasis on. This is really crazy uh, for one reason and one reason only. This is the second leading cause of death among 15 to 29-year-olds. And the reason why I, I wanted to put emphasis on this is because I feel like this is snuffing out potential leaders, yeah, Christian or otherwise, but especially Christian. Mm-hmm. And we see that now, especially because there have been every year, last year and this year, um, but yeah, definitely most likely every year, uh, pastors committing suicide. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that settled in, in me the most. And um, I'm thinking that, you know, when are we going to open our eyes and realize the following. And I think this is the last thing I want to talk about. Uh, While the link between suicide and mental disorders, and in particular depression and alcohol uh, use disorders, is well established in high income countries like ours, shout out to first world problems. Uh, Many suicides happen impulsively in moments of crisis with a breakdown in the ability to deal with life stresses, such as financial problems, relationship breakup, or chronic pain and illness. And this is really what that's shouting to me these people didn't have anybody to talk to to help get them through the situation, whether it be professional counseling or simply just having members of the community and their family and their world to care enough to have that conversation. Right. Or maybe they just isolated themselves altogether, but could be the bottom line is that's, that's a huge concern for me, especially when you realize that the enemy is probably planting seeds in that isolation to continue to snuff them out to the point where they feel that they should take a, a, a permanent or make a permanent solution based on temporary circumstances. Yeah. yeah. And you'd shared a story about uh, a personal friend. Yeah. Um, who had uh, taken her own life. Yep. And, you know, I, I haven't experienced that, uh, fortunately. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the good news is, is that our church and other churches are starting to uh, be okay with talking about mental health. Um, and, and not just, uh, not just, you know, Jesus will heal you, but, <laughs> but the, the, the same way we talk about other, uh, treatments and medicines that, that it's okay, um, to admit you have these problems and, and to seek, uh, some, some guidance and some understanding, uh, whether it's from your church or from, uh, a, you know, men- mental health professional. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sad to see that it is affecting young people in that way, because one of the things that we were talking about earlier is uh, people who have been through this stuff uh, and come out the other side um, can have a greater impact uh, by reaching people who are going through it now. And those can be the most dynamic uh, movers and changers of this world for people going through it. So Jordan and I were talking after we uh, kind of quote unquote ended the pod, and I reminded him that I like having the last word, and he remembered that and got angry with me, and I said it doesn't matter, I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, but to to piggyback on what he was saying about the uh, suicide and, and the mental you know problems that we're seeing in our country today is we often hear 
uh, a message to those that are going through it. And we say to them, uh, you know, it's not the answer. People love you. You matter. Christ loves you. You know, uh, uh, talk to somebody. Um, but I think we also need to challenge uh, ourselves as believers, the people who are not going through this, but care about people who are. We need to challenge ourselves. We need to, to pray uh, on the daily to have the Holy Spirit allow us to be sensitive to people that are going through this. Because time and time again, what we hear uh, from people who know someone who has taken their own life is, man, I just didn't see it coming. Man, I didn't expect that. I know they were going through stuff, but I don't know. You know, I, I just didn't think it would come to that. And gosh, if I could go back and do it over, if, if I just had the opportunity, um, we've heard from people who have gotten that close and decided not to do it for whatever reason. Something was a tipping point that kept them from doing it. And it is usually somebody reaching out to them. Well, the people reaching out have to be uh, sensitive to that. There was something that told them to reach out. And so as Christians and as people who care about these people who are going through that, again, I just think that uh, we need to be challenged to, to do more um, and we need to pray for that sensitivity to reach out and impact people going through it. And uh, with that, um, I'm just going to stop the recording. Jordan can't have another word. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> uh, I do want to say thank you for inviting me on here. Um, thank you for asking me to be a co-host and part of your platform that you've been building. Um, it's a, a blessing to me. Uh, my wife has encouraged me to potentially do a podcast at some point, And uh, I just... I'm really grateful for this opportunity and I think we're going to do fun things. That's good. All right. That's good. Your check is not in the mail. Okay. We'll finish it up. All right, folks. Love y'all. Continue to be inspired to inspire because that's what the inspired one does. And we will I'll let you next time. Peace. Thanks again for listening to the latest and greatest episode of I to I. Please don't forget to follow us on FB, Inspired One Enterprises, on Insta, at I2I Podcast. That's the letter I, underscore, the number two, underscore, the letter I, Podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, leave those five stars, and a generous review because you love us. I want us to be great as we do you. Thank you once again for rocking with us. And remember, be inspired to inspire because that's what the inspired one does. Was that good, Little Bear? Did I do it? Did I do that? Did I like the, the nice white people with the good voices? No? I'm just not going to say nothing. Okay, fine. <sighs> Thank you again, guys. See you next week. All right, so this is awesome. Uh, so we literally just got finished having an excellent conversation um, about the rest of our, our show. And it mysteriously disappeared. It was the best 30 minutes of, in podcast history. Like, yo, y'all just, you missed out. Like, people cried. Like, the whole world changed. And, and now you'll never hear it. My um, cats even, like, took notice. 
Uh, now you messed up because you said cats. Well, I mean, I do have them. Bro, that's not his will. Okay. Anyway, so, yeah, we get to do this all over again. Uh, so we're going to try and be as pithy. I'm going to try and use my T.D. Jakes voice real quick. Um, you know, glory to God. You know, if you say that like four or five times in, in that voice, lives just change apparently. So, we'll, we'll, whatever. Ah, we're going to do this again. Yay for humanity, man. Way to not be tired. Just so filled with energy as we finish this up. 